welcome to another episode of the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. This is episode 64. It's actually season two, episode 14, and I'm Craig. I am Britt. And we're back again after a wild and crazy DFS slash NFL week. It was something. We had four different quarterbacks throw for four touchdowns or more last week. The pay lines were way off. So a week where we were like, yeah, we're freaking millionaires. <laughs> I did not win a single yeah. pool last week. And my average score was 187 points. 187 yeah, that's pretty, points. That's crazy. That, that is almost a guaranteed, well, obviously it's not a guaranteed cash. Not now. But it, in a normal double up week, it's a that's that's a pretty solid number. Yeah. On, on an average week on the, the spread of pools, I should have easily come out no worse than even. But I did badly. I did not win any money this week on DraftKings. So no. we'll look to rebound this week. We'll look. We'll look. I did okay in FanDuel, but DraftKings, uh, not I just, so much. I can't figure out freaking FanDuel. I just don't get it's, it. It's almost the same, sort of. Yeah, but somehow you... I think it's I think it's that it's not a full point PPR, and I think that just kills me. That's fair. So, That's so let's fair. get to the beer. What do you got? Um, I have a bottle. Uh, it's a pumpkin beer. It is by Wachusett Brewery, and it's called Booyah. It, the guy, the little ghost on the front it of it like looks like Oogie Boogie. Exactly what I was about to say. It looks like the Oogie Boogie Man from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Which, by the way, while Craig's opening that, I'm going sober tonight just because I was at Falcon this weekend. A bunch of the guys at Falcon actually listened to us. Really? Yep. They need to leave us a damn review. Yeah, uh, one of one or two <laughs> of them have. Um, but, you know, uh, we were there and I, I've had a fair few drinks. So I am rehydrating. So I'm doing vitamin water today. Um, so a big shout out to those guys uh, up, out in Stanford for that. And Craig has taken a deep sniff. Mm. It's got a real good color, a dark amber, almost like Rosemary's baby style color. Yeah, same about the same shade almost. All right, let's see how this goes. Very, very pumpkin, pumpkin-y aroma. Okay. He's going in for the sip. He's drinking out of a glass tonight. He did not frost his glass, but it's it's a very hearty mm. looking beer from my perspective. Let's see what he thinks. Mm. It's lighter than it looks, if that makes sense. So it's a very like mild, mild flavor, and you get the pumpkin and a little bit of a spice like on the back end. When you first drink it, it's not really there. So you know, Rosemary's is my like <laughs> go is, like, to my, my Mendoza line. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, so on a scale of dogfish head, pumpkin head, which is very light, and um, Southern Tier Imperial Pumpkin, which is very heavy. Right. Where does this rank? Uh, where do you put rosemary's? I put rosemary's at a five because five. I put them. They're kind of like my my go to right in the middle. They're mm-hmm. a little. I mean, if you're really scaling it, it's probably more of a six or a seven in terms of the All heaviness. Right. But is it heavier or it's lighter than it's, a rosemary's? It's lighter than rosemary's. So if rosemary's is a five. I would put this at like a three and a half. So it's stronger than dogfish. Yes. Okay. The and and it's the aftertaste. It's not the initial drink. I shall have to look into this when I'm interested in having a beer. So that's that's good. Okay. Well, thank you, Craig. Craig is going to continue the drink. We'll move on to burning hot take questions. Before we do so, a quick thank you to Sean for coming in last week. Um, he had a great time, and uh, I think he did a pretty good job. He did. Um, I did at one point, because I was two beers in, make the statement that uh, he just isn't thinking. Uh, so I apologize <laughs> for that. Um, I said something like, he was like, you know, I know I went on too long. It's like, it's all right. You just don't think so good. I'm like, yeah, that's... <laughs> well, it makes perfect sense. Uh, yeah, well, it makes sense to us. As outside people, it might be, it might be insulting sounding. So um, thank you to him, because the reality is, in two weeks, I'm not going to be here, Craig. You're not. I'm going to uh, Canada to hunt down my missing ancestor who we think shot himself with a cannonball. So It's possible. Not, <clears throat> n- not recently. We, we, <laughs> we, we were doing the ancestry thing, and we found a guy from the 1650s who were trying to find records not written in French. Try finding records that are over 300 years old from Montreal that aren't written in French. But we think we have. I have an ancestor buried there. We're gonna as part of our vacation while we're out there. I'm just gonna try and see if I can find the gravesite, just because my family is be very interested in that kind of ancestry stuff. So, so someone's gonna have to sit in. That's right. We should do a raffle or a. Well, you have your choice. Contest. You could also you could also Skype in a guest if you wanted. You can do you, but somebody's mm. got to sit in the big chair. You got we got a couple of folks who are and and most of our guests have have wanted to come back. So yeah. s- since emailed today. Cinch gave me, oh, I'm so angry with Cinch. <laughs> Hi, Cinch. Uh, one year ago, Cinch sent me a message saying that the Kansas City Chiefs were the best team in football, and they promptly got spanked by Pittsburgh that next week, and it was all kind of sliding downhill from there. Mm-hmm. I got a message today from Cinch 
telling me that he thinks the Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs are the best team in football. And I was like, why do you hate me? Why are you no. doing this? So I'm right now going to tell you, I'm going to take Jacksonville over Kansas City um, this Just week. Because. What's the spread on that? I'm like, we're going to do over-unders later. What's the spread on that game? Where is that game? Uh, I don't know. Where is it? Kansas City is a three-point favorite. It's in Kansas City. I'll take Jacksonville, get it with the plus three, and 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 sleep like a baby on that one. So anyway, burning hot right. take questions. Uh, you want to give or receive? Um, <clears throat> I will give. Okay, go for it. Um, so actually, this this involves Chiefs. Okay. Um, do you think within? Oh uh, well, I don't know if I want to say this year, but let's say within the next three seasons. Okay. Uh, do the Chiefs make it to the Super Bowl? And if they do, and if they won the Super Bowl, uh. Does Andy Reid retire? Andy Reid retires if he wins the Super Bowl. I, I think that goes out quite. I, I think that's that's why he's hanging around. So when you say three years, you're counting this season as a possible yeah. with them being at four and zero. They are completely overrated at four and zero. By the way, I'm a Kansas City Chief fan. You defense still wins championships. Okay, so unless Ask the Ravens, is, yeah, exactly. Unless this is a Kansas City Chiefs and the New Orleans Saints of the Super Bowl, <laughs> where the final score is likely to be 75-72. I want to see that over under. <laughs> that would be amazing. I, honestly, if you had to pick an over under Chiefs Saints in the Super Bowl, it'd have to be like what, like sixty five seventy? You'd at have least, to really at least sixty. You'd have, yeah, I'd have to say it's going to be at least sixty points. That's unheard of. So anyway, um. So we're talking about 2018, 2019, 2020. No, the Chiefs won't win the Super Bowl because they're the Chiefs. Fair. And I'm jinxed. I haven't seen a championship <laughs> for any of my teams. Well, I can't say that. UConn won championships. Yeah, they won a lot of championships. Particularly the women. The and Mets. The, the, for, they, the Mets. They won oh. once. I can't. Who was it? It was Elaine Twice. Boozler. Elaine Boozler was on one of the, the serious stations the other day. And I can't remember what she, how she compared it, but she was just com- she compared the the Mets to um, something where just you keep bringing in pieces and they never fit. Oh, Aww. it's a great analogy, and now I don't remember it. I'll look <laughs> we'll it up for next we'll week. Look it up. But anyway, okay. So yeah, no. What do you think? Do you think the Chiefs have a shot to win any time in the near future? Um, I do, but just like you said, their defense is made of paper mache, mm. and it's the same thing as what the pretty much what the Chargers do and the Saints. They rely on their offense to keep them in the game because their defense is kind of bleh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the the Chiefs definitely needs some boost on their uh, their defensive end of the ball. So okay, well, my question for you is a question we actually posed as a poll question uh, yesterday uh, on Twitter, and I wanted to get your feedback on it. I am fed up with my personal fantasy team. I had a running back core that I just needed a couple people to just stay freaking <laughs> healthy. Yeah, all year, all offseason, I talked about injuries are what kill you at running back. I'm scared of every running back in the top 10. (laughs) So here's my list. Okay, And one of these is getting dropped for Naheem Hines. This happened already. So you probably have seen the report and you know who I dropped. I did win Naheem Hines. I bid thirty five dollars for Naheem Hines. (laughs) That's how desperate I am. So these are the running backs before the change. You tell me who you would drop and and who you think I dropped. Okay. So I had Fournette. Yep. Cook. Yep. Austin Eckler. Mm-hmm. Sony Michelle. Mm-hmm. Lamar Miller and Mark Ingram. Wow. Obviously, Sony Michelle and Mar- is starting to emerge. Uh, Mark he, Ingram is coming, coming back, back this week. And and Austin Eckler has been you know somewhat relevant here and there. <laughs> and if anything happens to Melvin Gordon, I think he's going to be very relevant. So that leaves your choice. Which of the three did I drop? Lamar Miller. Yep. Dalvin Cook. Or Leonard Fournette. I'm gonna go way out there and say you dropped Fournette. Okay. What would you have done? You would drop Fournette in that situation? Um, I would have really considered it. You know, Miller's out of those three, Miller's the only one that's sort of healthy-ish. Uh, Miller was reported was with he... a chest injury today. Oh, good. Well, yeah, then remember, never mind. If I don't know, did you <laughs> see what happened to him on Sunday? No, I did not. All right, so he goes out there and he's struggling. He's not playing well. He's got like I don't know, like twelve rushes for like thirty some odd yards or something like that. Right. And all of a sudden he poofs. Doesn't go in, undisclosed injury, no one's talking about it. Even as early as Monday, people were like, what the hell? You used Alfred Blue all afternoon. They're like, yeah, we're, you know, it's, it's something we're not discussing. And then today they came out and disclosed he has a chest injury. Al. Yeah. So I literally, none of the three they're running backs, all they're all broken. Yeah, I have so, uh, Dalvin Cook in my other league. <clears throat> he got me two points last week. Two points. Two, while Corey Davis got me 27 on my bench because Corey Davis decided he knows how to play football yeah, again. In, in his media availability, he admitted he's not quite 100%. Really? <laughs> you think? You think? You ran like you ran 15 times for 20 yards. 
you think you're not quite right. <laughs> I think it was actually 10 times for 20 yards or nine times, but yeah, it was it like was something like that. It was less than a two and a half yard per carry. You're not right. No. So I ended up dropping Miller. Okay. Uh, because I hope Fournette will come back. So this week I am I'm going to start Mark. And we're, play, we're playing each other. And yes. Oh, this is Sturgis week too. That's we got right. it. Yeah. Um, so we'll do our fantastic Sturgis preview very briefly at the end. Um, I'm going to start Mark Ingram and Sony Michelle, and I've I've finally done it, which means this is the year, this is the week that John Brown craps the bed. <laughs> I never ever use a wide receiver in my flex, ever, ever. I put John Brown <laughs> in at the flex. I put John uh, Brown at the flex. You may have good luck there. Well, Michael I mean, Thomas and Tyreek Hill are my starting wide receivers. I can't bench either of them for John Brown. True. So I'm putting John Brown at the flex, and we're going to see what happens. John Brown has outperformed one of them every week except week one. So for with, with your buddy Joe Flacco. Yes, with average Joe Flacco. <laughs> what the hell? So all right, so that's where we're at. So let's let's do a quick chat about Sturgis. So this sure. is the annual uh com- the annual competition between myself and Craig in our home league, um, where we play each other, and. Um, Usually there's some sort of bet made. Usually it's dinner or a six pack of beer or something like that. So there is. Um, let me set the stage for you. Craig is three and one and I'm and four. I cannot win a game because <laughs> I have no running backs. So I don't know what to do. I'm, I, my team looks really great on paper. And then literally week after week, somebody falls off and Very just cliff. dies. Mm-hmm. So um so the first question becomes what are we going to do for our bet this year what well let's see what the have you set your lineup is this what you pretty much intend uh, to go with no i need i need to change possibly a flex or a kicker okay because you're already favored to win so that's not good for me um <laughs> yeah so that's that's not good at all uh so he's i've got matt ryan he's got philip rivers that's a pretty good push in my opinion yeah that's pretty even. um ryan's at pittsburgh which i don't like but that's what can you do like I said, I'm starting Ingram and Michael, who barely total enough to counter Kamara. And you also have Zeke. So I am going to lose out in that category. My uh, wideouts are, I think my wideouts are better with Michael Thomas and Tyreek Hill. You've got AJ Green and Demarius Thomas. I think I win that category, but not by enough. Clearly not by enough. Actually, according to CBS, you will win that category by three points. I've got Jordan Reed versus Jimmy Graham. The question becomes, which of these shaved head men can actually stay on the field long enough to score some points? That's true. And at flex, I've got John Brown. You currently have Tyler Boyd. You don't like Tyler Boyd this week? I do, but, you know, I have some... There's some people on my bench that I never know how they're going to do. Yeah, I I mean, I have Peterson on my bench, Ridley, and Woods. Peterson, Ridley, and Woods. Yeah. Um, hmm. Well, Peterson was limited in practice today, or skip practice today, so I don't think you want to use AP. Big game Bob Woods at Seattle. And the Legion of Boom is gone. Yeah. They are dismembered. Yeah, and Earl Thomas is done. Yeah, you that see was, that? Oh. I don't know what that was all about, but he was mad. I, I'll tell you what that's all about. That is just, that is a that is a guy. Is that I, their version of Le'Veon Bell? He just doesn't want to be there? Partly. Because he held out. He did hold out, and it, he it just brought, came back week one. I put up an interesting string on Twitter about this that absolutely nobody paid attention to, so it was fine. It was a risky, a risky one because I had mixed feelings about it. If we're going to divert really quickly to yeah, Earl Thomas, sure. um, we have time. I understand why players hold out. They put their bodies on the line. They go they out there, and they deserve to be compensated for the risks they take. Right. On the other side of the ball, no one put a gun to your head and forced you to sign the contract. You spent your entire life wanting to be an NFL player. You got here, and now you're only making $800,000 a game. Boo freaking who? You signed the contract, honor the contract. To me, it's a breach of contract. Owners, don't give a crap about the players. They They are a commodity. It's It's a business. It's a business. They are a commodity to be used and exploited Get a good one, sell five million of his jerseys. Yep. You pocket all that cash, and when they're done, you release them. And what's your liability for releasing them? Nothing. What's your liability when they retire in terms of long-term health care? Nothing. So you're you guys are evil owners. So I, I understand why the players have an issue. I have an issue with players being allowed to just not show up for work because I'm not allowed to just not show up from work because I don't like just my because. pay rate. Yeah. So I'm going to call my boss tomorrow and tell her I don't like how much I'm being paid. I'm not coming to work until she renegotiates my annual salary. They're going to post my position before <laughs> like, the end of the day. Yeah, let's just clean up Ritt's desk. 
That's it. <laughs> they're going to say, well, you're going to, well, when you stop to come negotiate with us, we'll hand you the box of stuff from your desk. That's what they're going to do. It's not real world translatable. So I don't like it. But at the same time, I understand why, because the system is so bad. Yep. It's the it's the most violent of the major sports, and it's the only one without guaranteed contracts and benefits. It's the only That's one. True. So who do I blame? Do I blame the owners? Do I blame the players? Do I blame no. the teams? I blame the NFL. I blame the NFL itself for yeah. allowing a system to exist where the players feel like they are not valued, where they are discarded like used Kleenex when their usefulness is over, and there is no long-term support for them. Right. Boom. That's where I'm at. So I, I I both understand and abhor all three sides of this and blame the NFL solely because they've allowed this to happen. That's a fair assessment. If you don't regulate business owners, they will do, do whatever, whatever the they hell want. they want. That's right. a simple fact of greed and humanity. If you don't enforce your yeah, rules... It's not isolated to the NFL. Right. If you don't enforce your rules on the players, they are going to walk all over you and they are going to have this issue. And the guys who do show up, who do feel a sense of loyalty, are going to feel offended, and there's going to be hard feelings. You're pitting brother against brother. Right, like Le'Veon Bell and their offensive line. Right. That that's that's it. I mean, I I just I think you have to you ha- you have to change the system. And it's no the, the only people I the person I'll blame is the commissioner. He wants to know why he gets booed every single year at the freaking draft. He walked out there with <laughs> legends of he, Dallas. He did, and they this still year. booed. And not only, and, and did you see his reaction? Yeah, I don't remember. He stepped up to the mic as they booed, and he went, "Really? These guys are legends. You're gonna boo these guys? No, you <laughs> dumb freaking beep." They're booing your stupid butt. We're rated as an explicit podcast. I know, because that was almost really bad. (laughs) That was almost full-blown Brit rant. We need a better system. We need something that that holds the teams accountable for the long-term health and safety of their players. We need something where the players are held accountable other than, oh, you just don't collect your half a million paycheck this week for their their contract violations. And we need something that everyone can live with, and, and we don't have it. So I can't blame Le'Veon for holding out, but I also can't blame his teammates for being pissed. And I right. can't blame the team owners for saying, well, screw Le'Veon Bell. I'll keep my $850,000. It's just more money I'm going to make right. because I'm not losing revenue because one guy sits out. Yeah, it's a very evil triangle. <laughs> right. So I think that's where old Thomas came from. Now, that being said, it's a jerk move. You flipped off your own bench. Like, or why 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 <laughs> because you wanted to make a statement about is this your way of saying see i told you this is why i held out because now my career may you, be over you guys are going to owe me nothing is is flipping them off magically going to heal your leg and what if your leg does heal if your leg heals they're going to cut your ass and who's going to sign you well the patriots no they won't sign him they only sign players they think they can rehabilitate that's fair they're like they're like shawshank so <laughs> do you see josh gordon's locker is right next to tom brady's now yes that's probably so they can keep an eye on him. Probably. That's what Tom Brady probably reaches over there after every practice and goes, <laughs> "What are you doing? Do I smell any? I don't. Sm- I don't smell any weed on you. Do I, son? <laughs> you know, Tom Brady, freaking old man, getting older. <laughs> All right. So anyway, so that's uh, that's what we're looking. At. Craig has a lot of reserves with double digits. Uh, Calvin Ridley. I don't know that I like Calvin Ridley this week. Um, Bob Woods. I always like Bob Woods. I mean, you got big Keeling. You got Keeling Cole on the bench, and this could be a big week for them. And he is playing Kansas City. That's it. I mean, <laughs> the only thing it's that's rough. working against them is they're at Kansas City. I know. And timing can be rough there. It's one of the loudest stadiums in the league. It can be difficult. But uh, without uh, without surrendering early, I think uh, Craig has got a, a huge advantage on me this week. So barring injury, bar. Well, and I you know I have Ezekiel Elliott, and he is on the Giants. You know, and <laughs> I mean the Cowboys. Cowboys. He's going to be really high, and that's a good segue into our DFS. Conversation. <laughs> I was just thinking that because the Cowboys and the Giants have been horribly disappointing this year. Yeah, but Zeke had a good week last week. He did finally. He had finally he had a good week last week. So, right. So here's the funny thing. I'm putting the timer back down. So pardon me. Uh, pardon me there. So I'm at the I'm at the gaming convention. Right. And so I can't watch football. Right. I'm doing gaming and, and around two o'clock they start packing up stuff and I'm on that pack up committee. So from two to five o'clock, I'm helping put away board games, moving stuff, all this freaking stuff. When I say putting away board games, people are like, you can't just dump your monopoly in a box. No, there's over 400 board games in the library at this event. And they all have to be unloaded, sorted by size so that they'll fit in the cars they came in and then stacked into the car like a massive like Tetris game. Tetris, yeah. 
Yes. Fortunately, I, fortunately, <laughs> our buddy Rich is a Tetris master, and he did a fantastic job. All I had to do was keep loading it. But there was no opportunity for me to watch the games. So I turn and I glance at a TV later in the evening, and as I'm walking by, and I see a reporter talking to Zeke Elliott. And yep. he looks happy, and I'm like, oh, thank you, God. Zeke probably finally had something. He got in the end zone. <laughs> did something. Something happened good for Zeke, and Dallas actually won a game. Good for them. So I was like, I got home and I saw his numbers. I was like, all right, that's really good because we have him in our industry league and our industry yeah. league hasn't gone well either. No. I think we're one no. and three after four I weeks. I think so. we are. <laughs> anyway, so let's talk about DFS because I want a bounce back week this week. I got my butt handed to me last week and I want to make up some ground this week. So um, this, is, this, this, this week smells like stacking. It smells like stacking, particularly at the quarterback More so position. than other weeks? Yes. The Giants stack did not work out. The, and and the, No, my, I did that. My New Orleans stack didn't work either because Michael Thomas was no. relatively quiet. Well, yep. was Michael Thomas? Or no, it was Kamara that was relatively they quiet. They all were. Yeah, Kamara, was, what was he, like plus nine? Yeah. Plus 10? I mean, that's nowhere near what he... I mean, he's $9,000. That's 1x. He got to like yeah, 1x value. Uh, <clears throat> so, not good. So this week, I've got three quarterbacks on my value list. I'm looking at Joe Flacco. Okay, Cleveland is still Cleveland. And they're at Cleveland, but I still like Joe Flacco. And they've been throwing the ball a little bit more effectively. And he's only $5,400. So I have him slated at about 22 points. That's value. That's actually Joe Flacco. There he is. He always comes back. Always comes back to haunt me. And if I use him this week, he'll be crap. I guarantee it. Guarantee it. So I'm probably not using Joe Flacco unless I have to. Next one on my list is Kirk Cousins. Um, I think think Philly uh, has been uh, a little bit exposed. Um, Yeah, their secondary is not so good. It's not very good at all. So I think they've been exposed just a little bit, and I think we're going to see Kirk Cousins have a day. And then the third one I'm not big on either is Derek Carr. He did have 400-plus yards. And he's at L.A., so it's a yeah, short trip. It's it Chargers, is. by the way. I have to say now. Sure, I have to be right. specific. Yeah, not, not the Rams. Not the Rams. Not the Rams. the Rams definitely don't play Derek Carr. But here's the thing. If I'm going to stack any of these guys, who am I comfortable using if I'm looking to start a stack? Who do you, who do you like in there? Um... I think just like we were talking before, if you do Cousins, the question is, what receiver are you going to stack with him? And we'll get to there when we get to the yeah. receivers because there's um, two options. Out of those, if that's not really your issue, then I think I would go with Flacco and Cleveland. Okay, so if you're not going to stack, let's say we're going to take John Brown, um, Hayden Hurst, I think is going to make the value list at tight end. If he if he plays, he, he practiced plays. limited today, um, so he probably is going to play, but we don't know for sure. Uh, if you're going to do that... Then, um, you know, you might want to if you want to go just individual quarterback, Joe Flacco is probably got to go with. But, you know, who else is on your list? Two spaces down. Say the name. Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. <laughs> Blake Bortles is going to Kansas City and the Kansas City defense. They, they can't they can't tackle anything. They can't tackle a math problem. It's terrible. It's terrible. Did you did you see was that, who who scored that touchdown? Was it um it wasn't Philip Lindsay, it was the other one. It was Royce Freeman's touchdown where yeah. six Chiefs I literally saw had hands on them and five of them five of the six yep. had like wrap up capability. Yep. Oh my god. I just almost I almost threw my phone across the room. <laughs> I was watching that on my phone in bed and I was like, I can't, I can't watch this anymore. So Anyway, all right, so so Blake Bortles, all formats, all positions. Are you in a super flex? <laughs> you should be in a super flex, so you can always use Blake, Blake Bortles. Bortles. Bortles is only 5,500. I think Jacksonville is going to get... I, Jacksonville, one of two things is going to happen. Yep. This game is going to either be insanely close, and TJ Yeldon's going to get a ton of carries, Yep. or it's going to be a blowout one way or the other, and you're going to see garbage time points out of... Um, well, if, if Casey blows out Jacksonville, which I don't anticipate... You're going to see Bortles passing. Now, do you think this is going to be Kansas City's hardest game? Yes, I think Kansas City loses this game. I do. I think Kansas City loses this game at home, and I, that also favors Yeldon. I think you're looking at 21-10 at halftime in favor of Jacksonville, and then they're just going to go possession for possession. They're going to go back and forth, mm-hmm. and that means TJ Yeldon time, and that means Blake Bortles' numbers are held down. So that's why I'm not huge on Bortles. I should be huge on Bortles because be. every Kansas <clears throat> City game has been a shootout. <laughs> Sean's always big on Bortles. Blake Bortles. We did not. You know what? That's funny. I, I opened the last week's show by saying we're going to talk about his man love, and we never got there. Because I think it. that was his plan. He sucked us into so many minute conversations. <laughs> ab- to avoid the Blake thing. Bortles discussion. Yes, to avoid the Blake Bortles discussion. But rest assured, we will have him back, and he will have to explain himself in, in Blake Bortles. Running backs. Running back values are still relatively stagnant. 
A lot of the studs are still over eight thousand. Christian McCaffrey is costing eight thousand on DraftKings. Except for your buddy Kareem Hunt. Kareem, well, Kareem Hunt has not been super fantastic. Um, he's just outside the value range. I haven't pegged for seventeen points, uh, so about two point nine value. Um, but I, there are guys I like better than him. I think Alfred Morris has a chance to rip open um, uh, Arizona defense, but I'm not big on him. I am big on TJ Yeldon. Like I said during the last thing, and here's here's your potential stack. Here's your potential stack because Yeldon will catch passes. I think you could stack Blake Bortles and Yeldon. I wouldn't do it, but I'm saying you could. I think it's going to be an either mm-hmm. or. Either Blake Bortles is going to have a great day or TJ Yeldon's going to have a great day. And TJ Yeldon is my pick and he's only 5,600. He is cheap. And Fournette has already been ruled out indefinitely that De- yes fantastic thank you leonard fournette <laughs> jesus he's made a paper mache what oh he wants god it's the second coming of <laughs> fragile fred taylor remember him oh my god and he was a jaguar that's true he it's was. The, have the jags ever had a durable running back ever uh i'd have to look that up yeah, we might know. have to look that up at some I point have to look that up so so i don't like alfred morris even though i think he's got a really good matchup he's extremely cheap and that means all he really needs to do is get in the end zone and he's got potentially 2x value right there. Um, but I do like TJ Yeldon. If you're looking for a little bit of a stretch, I do like Kareem Hunt. If you're looking for the most effective amongst the studs, David Johnson's down to $6,300. Does David Johnson finally have to have a game? <clears throat> Does he? I don't know. I don't I'm know. asking Arizona, the question. At $6,300, I mean, can he manage 18? He would need 18.9 points to make 3x. I don't think that's happening yet. Against San Francisco. They impressed me last week they did a lot better than i thought they were going to do yeah so other mid-range guys i like carry on johnson he's not going to make value though the only guys i've got making value or really near value are uh kareem hunt yeldon and morris mike davis i'm not sold on the mike davis thing i i don't trust the seattle backfield at all i'm just going to steer clear of it i don't know that i trust aaron jones either um you know those kinds of guys mark ingram is tempting at 5100 but what happens if they decide they're going to ease him back in? I'm hearing it's full sh- it's full steam ahead with Mark Ingram. He's been fully involved in splitting the first team reps, but I- I'm not really sold on it. So I'll use him in a tournament, but I'm not going to go full force on him. So All right, so that's running backs. So running backs, I'm probably using TJ Yeldon as a money- way to save money and then probably using one of my studs. Because in wide receiver, I've got value all over the freaking all right, place. So before we get there, you yeah. want some Jacksonville Jaguars? Yeah, give me some running backs historically. All right. Uh, no particular order. Uh, Maurice Jones-Drew. He was mostly durable. He had some severe injuries in his career, but he was mostly durable. Okay, go on. Fred Taylor. Nope. Uh, next would be James Stewart. He had injuries later. He just was forgettable when he was and there. And Stacy Mack. Oh, Stacy Mack. Oh, my God. Stacy Mack wins the award. Oh, what was that guy's name? Who's that guy? <laughs> I'm going way back. Do you remember back when Buffalo was super fantastic, the Jim Kelly era? Yeah. There was that little guy right behind Thurman Thomas, and they were like, if anything ever happens to Thurman Thomas, this guy's going to be a star. Yep. And Thurman Thomas never got hurt. No, he was very durable. What the hell was that guy's name? I think I at the end of his career, he finally went somewhere as a free agent, and he did nothing. That's that's the Stacy Mack category. He's always behind these other guys, and if he ever gets his chance, he's gonna be really good. And then he gets his chance, he's not. Yeah. So, uh, and the Jackson, blah, blah, blah. the Jacksonville Jaguars have also tried out Orleans Darkwa. Oh my God! So Fournette <sighs> may not come back this year. Here's my thing with Fournette, and this is what really bothers me about the whole thing. Just make a decision. If the hamstring injury looks that severe that in week four he can only handle a handful of carries, and you need to shut him down for the year, shut him down for the year. But, I mean, the coach yeah. is like, I don't know, it could be three weeks, could be the whole season. Make an assessment. I get, yep. Give it one or two weeks. By the end of week six, if he's not healed, hamstrings sometimes do this. I are him. Bench, yeah. Put do him it. on the shelf. <laughs> do, it so, do it so the fans know what the hell they're getting into. Okay, so on to the wide receivers. So we talked yep. about stackable players. So I'm just going to run down the list. These are all guys I have tagged at 3X or better. And you're not going to hear a lot of familiar names. There's only one guy on here who's actually pricey, and that's Stefan Diggs. So Jordy Nelson, Mohamed Sanu, Paul Richardson Jr., who is questionable, Willie Sneed. Remember Willie Sneed? Yeah, apparently so does Baltimore because he's only 3,900, and they think he actually might catch some passes from Joe Flacco. Stefan Diggs, as I mentioned, Ryan Grant, and Jamison Crowder. 
No one on that list sort of maybe digs is considered like all-star quality, right? Jordy no. Nelson's in the, the comeback, is, is in the, the, the tail end. Yep. Paul Richardson is starting to, oh, I miss Taiwan Taylor. I'm not even sure if I like Taiwan Taylor on this list, but my numbers say he'll do okay. Um, I If you're going to do Derek Carr, you got to use Jordy Nelson. Right. There's just no other way. That's the only way I'm using Derek Carr this week in DFS. I'm taking him with Jordy Nelson. But do I feel comfortable doing the Joe Flacco Willie Sneed combo? Mm, or would you go down to John Brown? But then you he's going to be costly. Yeah. John Brown is up to fifty six hundred, while Willie Sneed languishes at thirty nine hundred. Or do I get super gutsy because I really think Baltimore is going to air it out, which I don't, and use <laughs> them both? Could I'd be more likely to use both of the Minnesota receivers. Where is Thielen on my list? Where is he value wise? Uh, oh, there he is. He's, he's 7,700. Is that even possible? Mm. All right, I mean, let's do it. Hold on, I'm reaching for the phone. There, little, oh, there we hey, go. Oh, okay, I knocked over something. All right, let's put it together a DK lineup and see if that would work. All right, let's see if it fits in the math. It's not going to fit in the math. I'm well, relatively sure it is not going to fit math wise. All right, classic. Show me all 15 games. I'm not going to save this, so I'm just going to put it in here. Oops, I think I just accidentally entered a pool. Okay. <laughs> Oops. So we're saying we're going to use Cousins. Yep. Right? And we're going to use both Diggs and Thielen. Yep. Not Diff. Dig. <laughs> there we go. Fat fingers don't search well. Okay. If I put those three guys in my lineup, that leaves me with 29000 left to spend. 29.3. So an average of 48.83 to play with. Yep. On FanDuel, that leaves you with thirty five, um, thirty five hundred per. Actually, no, I'm sorry. Leaves you five thousand nine hundred sixty six per 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 open slot. Per open slot. So it's much more possible on FanDuel than it is on DraftKings because DraftKings it's forty eight eighty three per slot. Right. That's a thousand dollar difference. That's huge. That's huge. So I I don't know that you can do it because now now you definitely have to reach out and you got to use a Willie. Well, we we have Willie Sneed. Oh, now now you're using Willie Sneed. <laughs> really? That's where yep. we're gonna go. And I mean, you're probably using Hayden. Then you're gonna complete the. Oh, that's that's Baltimore. Forget that. So, but of these guys, so one more time, the list: Nelson, Sanu, Paul Richardson, Taylor, Sneed, Diggs, Ryan Grant, or Jamison Crowder. Who do you like on that list? Oh, that's a tough one. See, the thing with Diggs is he's. He's gotten a little more consistent this year, but it's always been he gets it's hit or miss 20 yards or he'll get 198 it's yards. It's hit or miss, much like Julio Jones. By the way, yeah. I only lost my game this week by eight points, and most of that was Julio Jones' garbage time yardage. That was. They, he got like a 60-yard reception at the very end of the game. So that's seven points in our our system right there. Yep. Seven points. The Bengals haven't allowed. They've allowed touch, receiving touchdowns, but... This was the first time they allowed over a hundred yard receiver. Yeah. But most of that was that last play that no one cared about. Somebody I can't remember, somebody did the math on it. They were saying like Pat Mahomes is throwing one touchdown like every three and a half minutes of play or something like that. <laughs> Some obscene number. And or so um something it was it was weird. it was not that bad. It was like one out of every it's like every ten minutes Pat Mahomes throws a touchdown, but every six hundred and thirty days Julio Jones catches one touchdown. <laughs> It was like some obscene, like really, really bad number. I, I don't understand why Julio Jones did catch touchdowns. I just don't get it. I don't get it. You know yeah. what they need? The problem is they don't have a legitimate threat on the other side of the field to match Julio. When they want Julio to streak, who's cutting across the middle to catch the ball? In Ridley. theory, Mohamed Sanu. But people don't fear Mohamed Sanu. Nope. People don't and fear now they're going to pay attention to Ridley. Right. When did Julio Jones become relevant? When people were afraid of, oh, bleh. Muhammad Roddy Sanu. White, thank you. Sorry, you before go. I got to who's that guy, it was Roddy White. It was Roddy White. Everybody was talking correct. Roddy White, Roddy White, Roddy White. So they go out and they get this this speedster youngster named Julio Jones, fresh out of the draft, and Jones catches everything because they were trying to shut down Roddy White. Everyone was scared of Roddy White, and Julio Jones lit up the universe. Well, who is now that Julio Jones is Roddy White, now that he is the one option, Yep. who is in that spot that people are afraid of? Ridley hasn't lit it up. He's been good. He's been good, but I'm just saying now people are going to pay attention to him more. Yes, but that's what they want because that supposedly will get Julio one-on-one because they're not getting it with Sanu. Sanu is not pulling coverage away from Julio. No. I, I don't know. All right, so I like, honestly, I, I'm not sold on Jordy Nelson. I'm going to definitely use, as much as I just disparaged Mohamed Sanu, he's just so cheap at 4000 I'll probably slip him into a pool or two. If Paul Richardson is well, I'll probably snip him into a couple of pools as well because I think... 
that Alex Smith likes him a great deal and New Orleans can be thrown on. Uh, I'm going to avoid Taiwan Taylor and Willie Sneed. I will absolutely use Stefan Diggs if I can afford him. And I might sprinkle in Ryan Grant and Jameson Crowder here and there, but I am not sold on either of them at all. If I am, I mean, can I, can I do that? Can I stack um, Alex Smith with Paul Richardson and Jamison Crowder? Can I be that gutsy? Uh, you could. Alex Smith is 2,700. That is a stretch, folks, but that's another potential stack right there. So let's talk about tight ends. I think it could work. Uh, yeah, it could. Tight ends. I got a couple guys I like here, and it's not names I it's not names I like, but guys who have potential, who have high ceilings and low floors. Hayden Hurst, Baltimore. He's hurt right now. He's, he is. He's being held. I think he practiced limited today. Uh, but you got to watch his availability. If he's available, he's a steal at 2,800. Let me say it right now. He catches one touchdown pass on DraftKings. Yep. One. And Tyler Croft is 29. That's a seven-point swing right there. He's already at 3x value. No. No, he's just short of 3x value. He's over 2x. The values on tight ends are down this week because of injuries. For example, Nick Varnett. What the hell just happened? My computer just started. Okay, stop doing that. <laughs> Nick Varnett um, from Seattle because uh, Will Disley is is dead, um, yeah. not literally, figuratively. He's so, not coming back. I don't know that he's coming back. I haven't well, seen Tyler Eifert on is definitely not coming back. And so we are going to have somebody. In, we have no. We don't have Tyler, Tyler Croft, Croft did not make the value list. It's twenty nine hundred. Twenty nine hundred, but he didn't make the value list because he's twenty nine hundred. Antonio Gates is going to be perpetually on the value list because everybody thinks every week that somebody's going to throw the ball to him and nobody does. Austin Hooper, same thing. George every week. Kittle. Every week, someone's going to throw the button at ball Austin Hooper. Nobody's throwing the ball to Austin Hooper. Somebody's throwing the ball to George Kittle now. Yes. It's CJ Beathard. <laughs> and yes, I know that's not how you pronounce his name. Where's George Kittle on my list? He's uh, fifth on your list. No, he's not. Oh, you have to resort that. Oh, haha. I didn't sort it by value. Oh. I sorted it by total. He's the fifth. Oh. I have him projected as the fifth highest score, but I, that's not Whoops. value-oriented. Um, because he's 5,400, it's not a value play. I have him at like 12 points, maybe 11 so, um, Rhett Ellison is on my list. I don't even know who that is, but I heard his name like four times this week and I actually had to go and look it up and see who the hell is this guy. I think he's the backup in uh, New York for the Giants and, but he's only 2,700, which is the only reason I'm thinking about it. Rhett Ellison to me is a tournament play. I won't put him in cash. And that's my value plays this week. So Hayden Hurst, Nick Farnett, Antonio Gates, Austin Hooper, and Rhett Ellison. If I'm doing the Joe Flacco thing, I'm using Hayden Hurst if he's healthy. If I am doing anything with Matt Ryan, I am using Austin Hooper. The other guys, I'm throwing in because I need value places. Any of those guys you like? Um, Since I can't sort this, uh, give me your top five again. Hayden Hurst. Yep. Nick Farnett. Yep. Antonio Gates. Mm-hmm. Austin Hooper. And Rhett Ellison. Oh, man. That's a rough one. I'm going to go with Gates. Really? Yeah. Okay. I just, I don't see what he's, he's old. He's still going to get a touchdown. He's still going to get like 60 yards. I go back to, what was it? Happy Madison, where they try to reclaim um, Adam Sandler's uh, grandmother's house. And he's arguing with the guy oh, from the bank. Um, Happy was, Gilmore. It was Happy Gilmore. Thank you. Yeah, Billy Madison. That's a different movie. That's, and different called movie. Happy that's, Madison. Also, that's also a funny movie. But there comes a point in the movie where they're kicking grandma out of the house. And yep. he looks at the banker and goes, you can't do this. She's old. Look <laughs> at her. She's too old. That's how I feel about Antonio Gates. I look at him. Oh, look at him. He's too old. I, I, um, God bless him for going out there and giving him the try. But man. All right. Defensive teams. I'm going to be honest with you. I did not do a good job with my defensive forecasting this week. At least you're honest. I, I'm always honest with this stuff. Um, I read two different magazines on it or two different guys who I trust on it. One of which I didn't think do the calculations properly. And then the other one was so far apart. Let's put it this way. The Raiders right now are my top value. And I don't think that they're going to be able to. The, the char- I think the Chargers are going to throw all over them personally. I had one guy tell me that they were going to score 15 points as a defense. Yes, you heard me right. 15 points as a defense. And one that Damn. said they might be minus two. Okay, then. So I said, okay, normally I look at the experts and I kind of make my own opinion. These guys were no help this week. So I kind of went out on my own. So defenses, you're on your own. I can tell you who I like. I have the Raiders as a flyer pick. I will not use them unless I have to. But I've got several other teams in the value range that I do like. I like the Lions this week because I think Green Bay's offense just isn't there and it's in Detroit. I like uh, the Falcons because Pittsburgh does not seem to know what the hell it's doing without Le'Veon Bell. 
No, they just throw a lot. They throw a lot, so I'm not a big fan of them. And I, I had Ben Roethlisberger high in my rankings, but he's too expensive for me to use as a value play. Um, the team I am using, stay with me now. The Ravens. Here we go. No. <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> oh, are Jesus. only $2,300 on draft. Who games. are they playing? Uh, they're at Houston. Okay. Alfred Blue is probably the running back. I th- and let, As long as they can stop the pass which they might not be able to do. <laughs> they have a shot here. I like how he two, went into whispering for this. Two weeks ago, because I'm hoping it doesn't pick up. I'm hoping we're getting dead air right now, because that's probably more useful. Two weeks ago, I told you to take the Dallas Cowboys, because what was the worst thing that could happen? And they were yep. still plus two. True. But True. they only cost you $2,200. And that opened up at least six or $700 in your roster to do other things, bigger things. And what happened that week? Those lineups with the freaking Dallas Cowboys in it scored 210 points on my thing. I had three different lineups with the Dallas Cowboys in it, and all three broke 200 points. I'm willing to take that beating there. Now, that being said, if I want to spend up a couple bucks and go with something a little bit more reliable, I've got the Ravens at 2,800, and I've got the Eagles at 2,600. The Ravens are playing Cleveland, which is feast or famine. Baker Mayfield is actually either going to go out there, but it's in Cleveland. That place is going to be raucous. I think it a shootout, is. a shootout's going to win too. But um, sorry. Right, so here's here's my list of value plays. Craig, pick one. Okay. Raiders, Lions, Falcons, Cowboys, Ravens, Eagles. Which one do you trust? Mm, I think I'd have to go with Cowboys. My whispering has convinced you. Wow. Um, wow. I'm I looking mean, at out the Ravens. Of that list. Well, yeah, I would say the Ravens or the Cowboys. The Ravens probably have the best defense on that list. The problem is the Ravens are 2,800. Of all those teams I just listed, right. they are head and shoulders more expensive than everybody. Right. So, yeah, this is all based off of value. So, so you know, exactly. So, in a tournament flyer, I'll choose the Raiders. They're 2,000. They're averaging eight points a game as a defense. I'll use them. I'll give it a shot. I will roll the dice on the Raiders. In a, in a cash lineup, I'm probably going to spend up for the Ravens and try to save 800 bucks somewhere else. So, so this week, I don't know what to tell you. Stack if you can. Um, <laughs> I love if you got them. <laughs> I love that that idea of a Minnesota stack. I think if it's you can do it on FanDuel, you should. Um, it doesn't make me happy for Dalvin Cook's potential, but true. You know what can you do there if Dalvin Cook if Dalvin Cook plays? I mean, he's already admitted he's not 100 healthy. So, so what? Ma- so we talked a lot about the matchups. Let's play America's favorite game. Okay. And we'll stump Craig. Craig, right. I have in front of me the over-unders. Uh, Sean's not here. So Sean's not here. Do. There are multiple games over 50 this week. That's crazy. So it is, but the numbers are all way up. So we are going to limit to only games that have an over-under of 51 or more. So we, right. we raise that line. Normally it's 50 or more. There's like six of those, but there's only three games that are 50 or more. All right. Let me tell you right now, several games have no lines. Okay. Uh, Four to be exact. The Atlanta Pittsburgh game has no line. Okay. And if you if you guess one again, and and I've already run it off, I will remind you it has no line. But I'm just giving you a heads up. Denver at Jets has no over under. Okay. Jacksonville at Kansas City has no over under. No one knows what to make of that game. Okay. That game is either 25 combined points or 100 combined points. And Arizona at San Francisco again for different reasons. Nobody knows what to make of that game. Okay. Outside of those four games, I have three games highlighted on my sheet right now. That are going to go for at least 51 points. You have three strikes. Give me those three teams. All right. My first guess is... Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. Indianapolis, New England, also no over-under because it's Monday night. Okay. Uh, my first guess is Vikings-Eagles. Uh, Minnesota at Philadelphia is a 44 and a half. So that really? is strike one. Damn. This is a tough week. There's a lot of games that look high scoring, but I don't think are going to be. Hmm. True. Let's try. Oh, that's a horror. Who do we even want to watch that game? Um, what game don't you want to watch? <clears throat> Cardinals 49ers. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to watch that game. Fortunately, that's one of the struck games, so you don't even have to worry oh, about good. it. Oh, mm, good. Man. This is hard well, this week. Based, off, based off of last week, I'll go Raiders Chargers. Uh, Oakland at Chargers is 53 and a half. All righty. And the Chargers are only six point favorites. It, only six point John favorites. John Gruden's math. John Gruden math. So let's see. Well, let's round it up to 54 points. That assumes a 27-27. So there, Vegas is saying the final score of that game is uh, 30-24 to in favor of the Chargers. Can you see that? 24 points out of Oakland this week? I don't know if they can do it again. Why does my start menu keep opening? Go I don't away. know. <laughs> All right, so that's one. You got one okay. right. All right. Running low on time. Make it All happen. All right. Let's go with Bengals-Dolphins. No. Uh, that is a 50 even. 
Okay. In a normal week, yes, that would be a correct answer, but not this week. Strike two. Two Ooh. more games. A lot of high over-unders, folks. Uh, Saints-Redskins. Uh, Washington at New Orleans is a 52.5, so that's a point for you. All right. Uh, and New Orleans is a 6.5-point favorite, so again, similar kind of math. So one more game, right? Yes. Uh, Packers-Lions? No. Oh. They are a 50.5. The final answer is Indianapolis at New England is 51.5. Now, conversely... I have one game <laughs> under 40. Okay. One. All right. Give it to me. Ravens-Browns. No, but that's a great guess. Where is that? Oh, that's a 47. That's a 47. Oh. The Baker Mayfield effect. Yeah, if Tyrod Taylor was still in, you'd be absolutely right about that. Um, hmm. <clears throat> nope. 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 Um, wow. Titans-Bills? That's it. Titans-Bills is a 38.5 over-under. <laughs> well, Corey that's, Davis, remember how to play football? Yeah, you got to hope so. So we talked about stacks and people who have value. The Washington-New Orleans game looks like it's going to have a high total. Oakland at L.A. has the highest presumed total of the week. And Indy at New England, which I believe is Thursday night, so it may not be available in all pools, um, is also a good play of 51.5. So let's throw Indy and New England out of the mix. Oakland, the Chargers, the Redskins, the Saints. Who are you stacking? Take salaries out of the equation. Who's going to put up a ton of points? Oakland. Chargers, Washington, New Orleans. I'm only picking one team. Um, yes, you got me mid drink there. Sorry. Out of those four, ooh, I think I'd go. I go with the Saints. My money's got to go on New Orleans because they're at home. Yeah, Drew Brees is a different kind of player at home. So maybe, maybe I'm overthinking. Maybe what I need to do this week in DFS is go super value everywhere but quarterback and wide receiver, and put Brees and Thomas out in the field. That could work. I, it might be the way to go. Though it didn't work with the Giants. No, but they were also in New York. True. And again, Drew Brees is a different animal inside than he is out. So, okay. Um, I feel like we're forgetting to do something. I don't know. Are we? Did we cover all our bases? Where the hell is my agenda? Oh, that's right. I didn't make one. Oh. Okay. So then um, final thoughts, Craig. Final thoughts. Here is some football history for you and hi, Deb. Oh, yeah. Hi, Deb. Uh, On this day, October 3rd. What year? 2010. Okay, so this is semi-recent history. All right. Yep. 2010, the Cincinnati Bengals are playing the Cleveland Browns. Okay. And someone made a record, had a record-breaking game. Yeah. Uh, they had 10 receptions, 222 yards, and one touchdown. In that game? In that game, a receiver for the Bengals, and he became the oldest receiver to hit the 200 receiving mark because he was 36 years old at the time. That can't be Carl Pickens. No. Guess again. No, just tell me. I'm it's fascinated. Terrell Owens. Oh, that's he was a Bengal. He was for a year. I love me some me. Yep. It was funny as a side non. I know we're trying to wrap up here. As a that's a great final thought. So thank you, Craig. Did you see the Did you see the Kanye West political thing on SNL this week? Uh, no, I did not see SNL. Well, I'll skip it. He's obviously very. He's a big fan of our current president, whereas I am not. Right. Um. But. At one point, someone in the audience just yells out. And this is after taping is over. So this is off the air. All this happens. Someone just yells out, I love you, Kanye. And and Kanye looked back and went, I love me too. <laughs> Seriously? He, I love me too. He is not of this planet. And that's why it's, it's like Terrell Owens. I love me some me. Doing some sit-ups, you know. He does love him. So He does. My final thought is, do you know that we are coming up on another big milestone, speaking of record setting? Uh, what are we coming up on? Drew Brees needs 210 yards to pass Peyton Manning to become the all-time leading passer in terms of yardage. 210 yards. It's over like 50,000 yards, isn't it? It's oh, like God, yeah. I know. The number's like 54,000-some-odd yards, but... That's crazy. Can you imagine if he like like if he plays another two or three seasons? So here's the thing. My first thought was, does this make Drew Brees a better quarterback all time than Peyton Manning? They each have one Super Bowl. They each played in multiple cities. Well, two cities for Brees, uh, two cities for Manning. Right. Um, Brees moved a little earlier in his career because there was the injury concerns and they wanted to bring in Phillip Rivers. Um, it does it does not in my mind make him better? They both missed time due to injury, but Peyton missed more time due to injury than Breeze did. But it is a remarkable accomplishment. And I just thought to myself, you know, when you look at the other sports, particularly like baseball, numbers are everything. If that guy hit 30 home runs and that guy hurt 35, the 35 is the better player. 
Right. That's that's, that's it. just the way it is. If they're both catchers, whoever had the higher numbers, the better numbers, that guy's the better player. That's the way baseball exists. It's not like that in football. No. It's not like it's that in football. It's based on how many Super Bowls you win. Yeah, but they, these guys are dead even. These guys are dead even. But Breeze has played more games, I and I don't know that for a fact. I'm guessing. Does that make him a better quarterback than Manning when he takes this record? I mean, Brett Favre's numbers are way up there, but that's because Brett Favre played a ton of games. He did. You know, so if you score 50, if you rack up 50,000 yards in 50 games, are you better than the guy who does it in 75? Hmm. I mean, again, these are fantasy numbers. There's no way you get 50,000 yards in 50 games. But I'm just saying it brings about an interesting conversation as to does this make Drew Brees a better quarterback in term, and particularly in terms of Hall of Fame numbers? I don't know. I've been I've been pondering this question. I've been pondering. So my final thought is congratulations to Drew Brees. That's a fantastic accomplishment. It does not diminish Peyton Manning at all. And I'm not surprised at all. I am glad to see that Drew Brees will likely retire with his name somewhere very high in the record book. Um, And maybe he does get that second Super Bowl. If he gets a second Super Bowl this year, yes or no, quick. Does that make him a better quarterback than Peyton Manning? Go. Yes. Okay, there you go. I would still, I would probably argue no, but I'd have to think about it. As much as I just pressured <laughs> you, I'd have to think about it. So wherever you're listening to us, leave us a damn review. That's all we can ask about. We've asked you so many times. You know how many iTunes reviews we got this week? Exactly zero. You know how many new ones we got exactly last week? Exactly zero. We've been sitting at the same number of iTunes reviews for about six months. So leave us a damn iTunes review. Um, as always, if you have any questions, reach out to us on Twitter at FignutsDFS. Email us, FignutsDFS at gmail.com. Uh, we will be back next week, and we will. Craig will have to make a decision next week as to Uh-oh. who the guest host is going to be the week after because I'll be in Montreal, and I am not calling in. Uh, that, that, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. Uh, halfway through the show, I'm just going to Skype in and be like, what the hell are you people doing to my show? <laughs> so uh, until then, enjoy the week. Hopefully uh, you have a good week in fantasy football because I sure as hell could use one. Uh, until then, I am Britt. I'm Craig. And this is the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. Mm-hmm.